1: Darren Pritchett.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a Notre Dame football game week on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you on board. On this Monday, August the 21st of 2023. We are coming to you live on 960 AM WSBT. Live streams are available at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. And as we start the show, I'm trying to fix the Twitch app. All right, we'll give that a shot. Not sure how long it's going to last, but we're rolling right now. Well, it's great to have you with me on this Monday. It is a hot, humid, sticky day in South Bend. Sounds like that's going to be the case through Thursday. But the good news is the Fighting Irish football team will be soon heading to Dublin, Ireland for that season opener in Week 0 against the United States Naval Academy. We found out today the Irish will land in Dublin on Thursday, and then they will have a pretty intense practice on Friday. Normally, Friday's a walkthrough day before the game the next day, but due to the concerns about jet lag, they want to get the guys out there on the field on Friday, and they will have a a pretty intense practice over in Dublin before they take on the United States Naval Academy. Saturday, kickoff is set for 2.30, Here on WSBT Radio, our pregame coverage starts at 9 a.m. and wraps up with Reggie Brooks and Jim Irizarry hosting the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. That comes your way immediately after our Notre Dame football broadcast with Paul Burmeister and Ryan Harris from Dublin, Ireland. It's been a long summer, but you've stuck with it. You've stuck with us. You've stuck with me, and I appreciate that. And now we get to the fun stuff. The next oh, 14 weeks or so, plus all the build up to a bowl game or a playoff game, whatever the case may be, we've got plenty of fun things ahead and a lot of good football, hopefully, in store for us here in South Bend, Indiana. Coming up on the program this evening, our hat trick of opening topics everything centers around Notre Dame football. At 5.30, you will hear some of the comments of Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. He met the media earlier today, a broadcast that was live here on WSBT Radio at noon. We will have our Twitter question of the day and recap Friday's question, pass along the results. Also coming up in the 6 o'clock hours, some college football conversation, some news on Ohio State looking for a starting quarterback. Jim Harbaugh news. We'll talk more about Notre Dame football, of course, as well in that segment. Also in the 6 o'clock hour, the My Five. Who are the five most likely Notre Dame players to have the best chance to earn a game ball against Navy on Saturday? And we will wrap up the 6 o'clock hour with our sports wagering segment. We going to Sizzler. We're on the air until 7 o'clock tonight, a full program. South Bend Cubs are idle today. We do have Cubby Corner coming up at 7 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. Let's get started. Like I said, it's a game week. It's go time, so let's have some fun on this Monday. As I mentioned a moment ago, the Irish will land in Dublin on Thursday, intense practice on Friday. For this Fighting Irish football team, many of the players have talked about how fresh they feel coming out of fall camp. Now, we've heard it has been a very intense physical fall camp, but it's good to hear some of the players feel really good coming out of fall camp. They still have that little jump in their step. Well, Marcus Freeman was asked about those comments In regard to players feeling pretty good coming out of fall camp, and here's the head coach of the Fighting Irish. It's good to to
3: hear that some of your players feel fresh. Um, You know, I don't want to base my decisions off of what they're always saying. You know, if they're hurting great. (laughs) That's a part of the growth we need to be prepared. But, um, you know, the feedback's been good, and and maybe it's not so much with me as – they're, they're spending more time with their position coaches and the trainers than they are with me. Um, and so I'm able to hear different things from, from coaches, from trainers, that, hey, you know, guys are feeling good. But it's more so what, what you see. Like there's going to be practices where I don't expect them to be feeling great. Right? And it's intentional. But there's also saying, okay, if we were looking at those night practices being games, I want to make sure that the build up to those night practices, when we turn on those film of the night practices that we had in fall camp, I want to see guys truly practicing at their highest speeds and their highest level. So um, it's great to hear those things, but I have to make sure that I have a plan and it's adaptable to maybe what the science says or, or what my gut feeling is.
2: That's Marcus Freeman on his guys feeling pretty good coming out of fall camp. Sorry, I'm still trying to fix the Twitch app as I broadcast the show. (laughs) I apologize, a little delay in my conversation. All right, now let's get going once again. Let's discuss some Marcus Freeman headlines beside that fresh player conversation. Kevin Bauman, Aiden Gobira, you already know, ACL injuries during fall camp. They have had successful surgeries and starting the rehab process, and they are out For the season offensive tackle Michael Carmody hand surgery was injured in practice last week he will make the trip to Dublin Carmody a backup offensive lineman in fact he does not show up on the team's first depth chart which goes too deep at each of the offensive line positions and starting center Zeke Carell dinged up his ankle last week which affected his practice time He is expected to play on Saturday. The plan was for Carell to get out on the practice field today. And hopefully everything goes well for Carell as he wants to get on the field for that first game against the United States Naval Academy. Let's go ahead and go to the depth chart for Notre Dame as our second hat trick of opening topic For this program, Notre Dame did release a depth chart today in their game notes. Sometimes you have to take the depth chart with a grain of salt. But this first depth chart released by Notre Dame today, let's look on the offensive side of the football and let's begin with the big boys up front. No surprise, the left tackle is Joe Ault, preseason All-American today. Announced by the Associated Press, Ault is... The best offensive lineman in the country in so many people's estimations, and he is ready to protect the backside of quarterback Sam Hartman. He is backed up by Tosh Baker. The Really a, a good, good battle for left guard, and I would say it's a bit of an upset. Pat Coogan outlasts Billy Shrout for the starting job. Coogan 6'5", 303. Classification, a junior, eligibility, a sophomore. He beats out the Wisconsin native, Billy Shroud. But I would imagine that competition was pretty close, but Coogan gets the nod in game one. At center, we just talked about the injury to Zeke Carell, Should be ready to go, backed up by Ashton Craig. At right guard, another fall camp battle. Rocco Spindler, a fan favorite, listed as the starting right guard. 6'4", 3'14", junior classification, sophomore eligibility. And he beat out his backup, Andrew Christoffek. And at right tackle, another staple of the offensive line, 6'6", 3'15", Blake Fisher. And he is backed up by Emil Wagner, a sophomore in classification. So that's a look at the Irish offensive line as they replace Michael Mayer at tight end. On the depth chart, three tight ends are listed. Number one, the junior Mitchell Evans, the 6'5", 251-pound pass catcher, started the Gator Bowl with Michael Mayer preparing for the NFL Draft. He is listed as the starter. But It is probably 1A and 1B with Holden Stays, the 6'4", sophomore, listed as number two. And then a guy that can do a little bit of everything, the H-back, fullback tight end, Davis Sherwood. The 6'3 junior is listed third at tight end. Now to that very entertaining wide receiver group. Here's the way they stack up. On the outside, you've got Jaden Thomas, the junior. I think the expectation for most people is he is ready to have a big breakout campaign. His backup is veteran Dion Colsey. The other outside wide receiver is the sophomore, Tobias Merriweather, backed up by a dynamic freshman, Rico Flores Jr. Now I will tell you the number two wide receiver at that spot is an or. Flores or the grad student, the dependable Matt Salerno. Now we move to the quarterback position. Really no doubt here Sam Hartman is your starting quarterback and Steve Angeli looked terrific during fall camp. Easily the number two starter on this fighting Irish football team. I think there's an expectation building that this might be one of the better backup quarterbacks the Irish have had in a couple of years. So we'll hopefully only see Angeli in mop-up roles, but it sounds like Notre Dame has put themselves in a better position to succeed than last year. Now to the running backs. Maybe it's going to be a five-headed monster. We'll have to see. But this might be one of the surprises of the depth chart. Number two is Jabron Payne, sophomore classification, freshman eligibility. He is only behind Audric Estime, your starter. So it goes Estime Payne, and then there's a bunch of oars. Jadarian Price, the freshman. Devin Ford, the transfer from Penn State, a grad student, and the dynamic freshman, man, this guy can motor, Jeremiah Love. Might we see all five against Navy? Wouldn't shock me. I would add this in. If there is going to be a sloppy field condition, if it's going to rain, and around the game in Ireland that could affect the playing conditions. Might that affect the playing time of someone like Jadarian Price coming off the Achilles? It does make you wonder if that might limit some of his opportunities as he, I don't want to say it's not 100%, but as he continues to get further away from that Achilles surgery. So definitely something to keep in mind. Of course, doesn't it always rain in Ireland? When you watch the Irish Open, there's always some spitting rain, it seems like, during all four rounds of that golf tournament. So, again, estimate. Then you got Payne or Price or Ford or Love at your running back position. Now let's go to the defensive side of the football. Again, this is Notre Dame's dip chart. They released today in their game notes for the Navy matchup on Saturday. On the defensive side of the football, let's start – with the guys up front. Isaiah Foskey is now a New Orleans Saints. So that Viper position does go to Jordan Patello. Senior class, senior eligibility. Is he going to be the team's leading sacker? That would be the anticipation. He is backed up by junior Tuihalamaka Halamaka. And a good looking young player in Joshua Burnham. On the other side of the defensive line. You've got. The hyphen guys, Javante Jean-Baptiste, came over from Ohio State. He is listed as an ore starter, Jean-Baptiste, with Nana Osafa Mensa. Also, Joshua Burnham is listed as the number three defensive end, just like he was at the Viper. Defensive tackle, I think this is going to be a special season for Riley Mills, 6'5", 308-pound senior, I think he is going to supply a nice pass rush for the Fighting Irish up the middle. He is backed up by, I think, a guy that you could argue has come further than anyone else on the roster. Jason Onye, 6'5", 294 pounds, junior class, sophomore eligibility. Onye listed as the backup to Mills at defensive tackle. And the sophomore, Donovan Hines, shows up on the depth chart as the number three defensive tackle. At the other tackle spot, you got Howard Cross, the second, by the way. That's how Notre Dame listed them. Two defensive tackles. You can call them whatever you want. I'm just going by the Notre Dame depth chart. But you got Howard Cross, the second, as the starter, backed up by a player who, again, has come on during the offseason, Gabriel Rubio. Now to that very exciting linebacking core. No surprise in the starting spots. Let's start with the man in the middle, the Mike linebacker, J.D. Bertrand. Back for another go-around, the grad student. He is the starter at the Mike. He is backed up by the kid from Andrean. The freshman, Drake Bowen, listed at 6'2", 234 pounds. A physically ready Young man coming out of high school. The Rover spot. It is now Jack Kaiser flipping with Lua between the Will and the Rover. Kaiser is the starter at the Rover. He is backed up by a guy that we all expect will get significant playing time this year. He is now a sophomore in class, freshman in eligibility. We're talking about the 6'2", 223-pounder from South Carolina, Jalen Sneed, who will wear number three for the Irish. At the Will linebacker spot, really interested to see how they use Maris Leofau. 6'2", 239, a grad student. He is backed up by a, a kid. Every time you see him, he's around the football from Louisiana, and that is freshman Jaden Osbury. Now let's go to the Irish secondary. Again, if you're just joining us, we're going through the first depth chart released by Notre Dame today in preparation for the matchup against Navy on Saturday. At the cornerback spot, you've got Cam Hart, likely the field corner, kind of the opposite of what we expected, but Hart has spent a lot of time at the field corner spot, 6'2", 207, grad student, backed up by a very, very capable sophomore corner in Jaden Mickey. On the other side of the field, you find freshman All-American Benjamin Morrison, six foot 185, and a really good-looking freshman player in Christian Gray backing him up, 5'11", 189, a true freshman. I've had a couple of people say that in many other Notre Dame seasons, let's say the last 10 years, this kid is good enough where he could have started on some of those teams. Now, On the 2023 edition of the Fighting Irish, you have two standout corners in Hart and Morrison. So you're not going to beat those two out. if you do, you're probably preparing for an All-American season. So Christian Gray, really intriguing player to watch as this season unfolds. And it sure seems like the coaching staff feels outstanding about their top four corners. Morrison, Hart. Mickey and gray. I should mention as well at that corner spot, it goes Morrison gray or Lewis. So Clarence Lewis, he might be a guy we could see at a couple of different spots in the secondary this year. Corner nickel could help out at safety a little bit. So he'll be used in a lot of different ways this year. Now the safety core You're probably going to see three of them on the field a decent amount with that new Aztec position, which is the third safety coming on the field. You've got DJ Brown starting at one safety spot, although I will say this, the depth chart shows Brown or Antonio Carter. He's the transfer from Rhode Island or the transfer from Oklahoma State, Thomas Harper. On the other side, it's another or Xavier Watts. Or Ramon Henderson. The expectation is Brown and Watts would start. Maybe when they go three safeties, one of those guys will move to the Aztec and somebody else goes to a safety spot. We'll have to see how this plays out. But the nickel, it would seem like Harper and Lewis are your top two candidates. Possibly slight advantage for Harper again. It's going to be tough to really understand what this defense is is going to look like against spread offenses only because we're playing a form of the triple option from Navy in this first game. So you might see like for example Xavier Watts move closer to the football in a linebacker spot. He had 8 tackles last year against the United States Naval Academy, so probably we will get a outstanding feel for what Al Golden's going to do personnel-wise against North Carolina State. Don't want to dismiss Tennessee State, but you're not going to show a whole lot against an FCS school in Tennessee State. So after triple option in Tennessee State, week three, I think that's when we all start to understand what this Notre Dame defense will truly look like with all the packages and all the different personnel that Al Golden is going to present to the opposition this year. And as we've talked about this summer, When you've got guys you believe in at corner that you're not afraid to put out there by themselves, Morrison and Hart, you can go deep into the playbook. You can get very creative coming after the quarterback with that extra defender. It gives Al Golden a lot of opportunities to be extreme, exotic, however you want to say it. I can't wait to start to understand and see what Al's going to do to the opposition based on the corners that the Irish are going to put on the football field. And I think it's still fair to speculate. The pass rush is a question mark. And if you can't get to the quarterback with your base and you have to start bringing extra personnel to put pressure on the quarterback, that's where having those outstanding corners definitely come in very, Very handy. In terms of special teams, let's just run through those really quick off the depth chart. Notre Dame released today. No surprise, the transfer, Spencer Schrader, will handle the kickoffs and also the place kicker. The long snapper is the All-American candidate in Michael Vinson. The holder is Dylan Devison. A walk-on quarterback. You've got Bryce McPherson as your punter this year. He's got a booming leg. It's going to be fun to watch him pin the opposition back. And then your return crew. Punt return, Chris Tyree is listed as the starter at that spot. And on kickoff returns, two players are listed. Devin Ford, a backup running back, and that guy again, Chris Tyree, who took it to the house at Soldier Field against Wisconsin a couple of years ago. So there you go. That is a look at the depth chart for the Fighting Irish going into game number one against the United States Naval Academy. But again, the big news coming out of today, Coogan is your starting left guard, and Spindler is at right guard. They won some lengthy competitions at those guard spots left open due to graduation last year and our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight as we kick off this Notre Dame game week uh, let's get into a little Las Vegas Notre Dame Navy lines as we sit right now courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook well no surprise Notre Dame is a heavy favorite against the United States Naval Academy over in Dublin Notre Dame's six neutral site season opening wins have come by an average of 26 0.8 .8 points per game. Well, Notre Dame is favored by 20 and a half against the Midshipmen. Now, straight up in this game, you're not going to be surprised there's not a lot of juice for Notre Dame. They're minus 1350. So, you have to bet $10 to win 74 cents. Not a lot of value there. Navy is a major underdog. If you think Navy will win the game straight up, they're at plus 800. You bet $10 to win $90. Now let's get to the lines. Notre Dame favored by 20.5 at minus 110. You bet 10 to win 19.09. And if you like the midshipment to keep it close, you get 20.5 points at minus 110. Again, bet 10 to win 19.09. Now the over under for this matchup is 50 and a half. This game went well over that number last year. Fifteen and a half, the over, minus 110. Under fifteen and a half, also minus 110. Right now, I'm leaning toward the over in this particular matchup between Notre Dame and Navy. And the the spread, I have went back and forth. And the more I just try to visualize this game, Sam Hartman is the X-Factor For Notre Dame, from this standpoint, Notre Dame faced a great Navy run defense last year. Navy was not going to let them run the football, and Notre Dame couldn't. But they didn't have a quarterback that could truly make Navy pay for coming after the run game. This year's different. This year, you got Sam Hartman with the football in hand. And one way to keep Navy from... Really focusing in on that run game is getting the ball down the field in the passing attack. Sure, the old saying is you run the football to set up the pass. Well, this might be a game where you throw the football to so open up some running lanes for Audric Estime and the other four running backs. Hartman may not have massive numbers at the end of the day, but I think he's going to put on the board some very important completions and he'll stack up some early yardage against this Navy football team. So, I think there's also some uncertainty about Navy's offense. How different are they going to be with an offensive coordinator from Kennesaw State? Triple option, I'm sure, will be their base offense. But I think there's going to have to be some adjustments on the fly by Notre Dame. They know what Kennesaw State did. Now they try to incorporate that with the personnel of Navy. So, there might be some adjustments. Let's see if Navy... Due to sort of the unknowns of their offense, has a slight advantage early in the football game before Notre Dame truly gets a look at what they might do differently on the offensive side of the football. So that means there could be some more early points in the game. Again, I'm leaning over a couple of Notre Dame's matchups against Navy over in Dublin have gone over the numbers. So that's my lean at this particular time. Over 50 and a half and the 20 and a half is a lot of points. We've seen Navy play Notre Dame so tough through the years. But I think this Notre Dame team might be a little different. So if I had to say right now, I'd go Notre Dame minus 20 and a half, but I would be biting my fingernails deep into the fourth quarter. We'll have more Las Vegas talk on this game coming up on Thursday. A brand new segment of the program, that which kicked off last Thursday, Tim Murray. One of the hosts of VEASAN out of Las Vegas, big Notre Dame football fan, a diehard Notre Dame football fan. He's going to join me to talk about the Irish and talk about some betting lines. So we'll get his thoughts on, is the right play Notre Dame minus 20 and a hook? So you'll hear from Tim Thursday at 6.05 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We have to go to break. It is 535 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Is it helpful to play Navy in game one rather than in the middle of the season? And what about defending the triple option attack? Two of the topics that head coach Marcus Freeman discussed today during his Monday press conference. You'll hear from the coach coming up next. I'm Darren Pritchett. Happy game week, everybody. Here we go. It's a brand new Notre Dame football season. We have you covered on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: Check this out. This is The (laughs) Hurt. You're excited. I'm excited. With Colin Calvert. And so my takeaway on the version of Hard Knocks last night is Aaron is selling a new version of Aaron. And he's selling it to you. And he's selling it to me. And he's selling it to Sala. And he's selling it to America. And he's selling it to his teammates. It's a sanitized presentation of social media.
3: This is The Hurt.
1: Notre Dame football coverage continues now. And a diving catch by Notre Dame, Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions on the day. Budweiser's weekday sports beat.
3: Intercepted on the 45-yard line, Tariq Bracey.
1: On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. He
3: will score
4: 10-5, touchdown Benjamin Morrison. 95 yards out.
2: It's a game week at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to the program. Well, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, my old co-host Eric Hansen comes back in studio and hosts the 5 o'clock hour with me. And Eric wants you to know that he has set up a special deal for WSBT radio listeners at his website InsideIndieSports.com. This offer runs through today. So just a few hours left to sign up for a year of the best coverage of Notre Dame football, men's and women's basketball, and Olympic sports for just $23 the next year. The offer is for new subscribers. Plus, you get access to all the other premium coverage throughout all the other college sites in the Rivals Network. Content from national recruiting analysts and columnists, and access to recruiting rankings and the recruiting and transfer portal databases, all for just $23. But you have to sign up by midnight tonight. Just go to insidendsports.com. That's insidendsports.com. Click on the banner ad and use the promo code InsideND23. That's inside. ND 23. And again, Eric will be back with me Wednesday and Thursday in the five o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, Marcus Freeman, before hopping on a plane to Dublin, well, a couple of more days here in South Bend, but he met the media today one more time before hopping on that bird to go across the pond to get set to take on Navy on Saturday. And we got a good sense of where this football team is and some of his thoughts going into this season opener, including Navy is game one. As we teased you before the last commercial break, normally Navy's in the middle of the season. You have to drop everything you're doing, learning spread defense, and then all of a sudden you go triple option. The great thing about playing Navy in the first game, you can – work on triple option defense throughout spring in fall camp, and I think you're personally putting yourself in a better position to have success against that style of offense since it is game number one. There can just be more emphasis over time building up to that first game rather than just dropping everything, and doing a 360 and having to do something totally different on the defensive side of the football. So what does Marcus Freeman think about Navy being game number one this year rather than playing the team later on in the year? Here's what the coach of the Fighting Irish had to say earlier today.
3: We've been able to prepare from spring ball to parts of the summer to Parts of fall camp and then obviously two weeks to prepare for Navy. It's just just strictly Navy. And uh, it's a tremendous advantage to play Navy the first, first game of the year because the preparation that entails getting ready for them is obviously
2: lengthened. And really a tip of the cap to a local player, Chase Ketterer, who played his high school football at New Prairie. He is the triple option quarterback for the Fighting Irish, and according to Coach Freeman, he does an amazing job getting the Notre Dame defense ready for Navy.
3: Usually on Sundays, I let the the coaches vote for scout team player of the week. I'll tell you guys right now, he'll be the scout team player of the week for sure. Um, you know, Chase not only knows how to run the offense because he played it in high school, but Chase has a little bit of leadership uh, abilities to him too. He's a, he's a good athlete. Um, he kind of challenges uh, – the players, but also he, shoot, he's, I'm, I'm with the scout team right now, right? And he's a couple times I think he should pull it and he gave it. And I said, No, I don't, I want you to pull it. He said, Well, coach, the, the end gave me a give read. Okay, but well, I'm telling you to pull it, you <laughs> know? So, but I mean, the look he's been able to give us is invaluable. And, um, He's been a huge part, and this week will be huge too, but he's been a huge part in development of our defense, but also the offense. Like He takes them out there, and they work timing. They work um, all the different motions and, and the things that we need to, to, to demonstrate that the Navy offense does, so um, really grateful to have him this week in, in, in our program.
2: All right, nice going, Chase. Good to see a, a local player really helping out this Notre Dame football team, and If Chase ever got banged up, there was a a pretty good option-style quarterback that played for Keith Kinder at Mishawaka High School and Justin Fisher. Now, he's a tight end with the Fighting Irish, but I have a feeling, Mr. Fisher, if he had to jump in and help out a little bit, it would be just like riding a bike for him running that option attack. All right, so Navy, Kennesaw State, offensive coordinator, Comes to Annapolis this year to try to kickstart a Navy offense that's been not running on all cylinders the last couple of years. We are so used to Navy rushing for over 300 yards per game. You know, they have not had that elusive quarterback since the Reynolds kid a few years ago. And they may use two quarterbacks against the Fighting Irish on Saturday. Ty Levitai is a guy that Notre Dame has faced before. Again, we'll have to wait and see if Navy is going to look a little different offensively. I'm sure triple option will still be their base, but they might run out of some different formations, and there is the possibility they might try to throw a little bit more rather than just surprising people throwing the football. Now, that's all just guesses. That's based on things I've read about this Navy offense with a brand new head coach and brand new offensive coordinator, but Notre Dame has to hone in on the triple option attack, and then adjust to whatever Navy does differently. Here's Coach Freeman on defending that triple option attack of the midshipmen. Well,
3: you don't see it often, right? You don't see triple option offenses often in college football, and it's you have to be so disciplined. Our guys defensively are used to being able to, yeah, do your job, but finding a way to get to the ball, finding a way to – Make a play happen at times. Right. And when you play triple option, you might not ever make a tackle with a guy on the ball. But if you have to do your job and, and it's, it's it's something that is very extremely difficult. Now, you're going against a coordinator that, that there's a couple like we got to watch Kennesaw State. That's not what Navy did last year. And so we have to prepare for a lot of different things that we might see. And so um, it will be a challenge. We have a great plan. I love the plan that Coach Golden has come up with and we're doing defensively, but it's ability to recognize, okay, what is this offense trying to do? And then jump into that game plan.
2: That's head coach Marcus Freeman on facing that Navy triple option attack. Finally, I want to play this soundbite because I thought this was Marcus Freeman being Marcus Freeman and not your normal head football coach who just gives you that spiel just to, I don't want to say not be honest, but to cover up things on the football team. Rarely do you hear a coach say, hey, this surprised me. This is a really good surprise. And that's what Marcus did today. And it was really cool to hear a coach say, well, this did surprise me, other than, oh, I knew that was going to happen. But he was asked about the way the interior defensive line has evolved since the start of spring camp. I don't know how you felt as an Irish fan going into spring camp, but you probably heard me and I would guess a majority, if not all of the Notre Dame media, discussing how good is this defensive line going to be? You lose the all time sack leader in Notre Dame history, Isaiah Fosky, now a New Orleans Saint, Adebiolas. I mean, a lot of good football players moved on. And for me, it was more about how good are the number two is going to be because for the past, gosh, can we say seven, eight years, the twos have been really, really good. There's not been like a major drop-off from one to two. And I credit Mike Elson for getting that started when he moved back to defensive line coach a few years ago under Brian Kelly. And now hopefully Coach Washington continues this tradition of really good defensive line play here in South and much improved over what we had, gosh, 15, 20 years ago when defensive line play really hurt Notre Dame in so many football games. Now they're starting to catch up with some of the top programs elsewhere in the country. Probably not all the way there yet from what we see from the Alabamas and the Georgias, but Notre Dame has made up a lot of ground in defensive line play. But I love what Coach Freeman said today when he was asked, hey, we as media might be surprised in the way the defensive line has played, but what has stood out to him? And here's how Marcus responded to that question about the interior of the defensive line.
3: Yeah, I think I am a little – I would be lying if I wouldn't say that I was a little bit surprised. I mean, you you got some guys that have not shown in the game – right, the Jason Anyes, the um, Junior Two Halamacas, the Josh Burnhams, the Gabe Rubios, those guys that really haven't played much defense in game situations that we're going to be able to count on. We're going to use those guys. We know what – Javante played at Ohio State. We know what Riley and Howard and some of those guys can do. Um, Jordan Botello's had a really good camp. And so I think Coach Wash has done a great – that's been a room where at times you pull out Howard Cross and, get, and Riley Mills. And say, get Anya in there with the ones. Get Rubio in there with the ones. Let's see what they can do against really good players. You know, our edges go against Joe Alton and Blake Fisher every day. That's going to make you better. or It's going to expose you, one or the other. And so um, Coach Wash has done a great job of rotating those guys, finding roles for those guys, and uh, really developing the, 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 the depth of
2: that room. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric Hansen, Again, from InsideIndieSports.com was on the program last week, and he spoke so highly of Jason Onye, a guy who has come from deep down the depth chart to be a very important contributor at defensive tackle behind Riley Mills, Onye 6'5", 294. He stood out in the blue-goal game. I know blue-goal games sometimes. We have to take everything with a grain of salt. But we called his name often getting penetration into the backfield. And now Onye with Mills and Cross and Rubio, guys on the inside of this interior defensive line. I can say this for myself. I feel a whole lot better right now compared to where we were going into the spring with the defensive line, in particular the interior defensive line. Now I'm really curious to see on the outside – Defensive end, Jean-Baptiste, Osafa Mensah. What type of production they're going to give the Fighting Irish? And is Jordan Patel ready to break out as the guy getting after the quarterback and leading this football team in sacks? Yeah, I can say I'm excited about the defensive line compared to where I was months ago. Is there still some uncertainty? Do I still need to kind of see it? Yeah, I'll admit that. But all signs are pointing toward this unit's going to be much better than I think all of us in the media and maybe, again, you as fans anticipated going into the spring. So a lot of positives right now, things going in a good direction along the defensive line. Now, is the pass rush still a concern for me? Yeah, it is. Are they going to be able to get after the quarterback without extra bodies? That is to be seen. Let's see if they can prove that to us early on in the season probably against Brennan Armstrong and NC State. That'll be the first time we really need to see that pass rush truly affect the game. All right, it is 5.54 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our program tonight is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Budweiser for 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in Raising a Bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's The Family Inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit Bethel University. Dot edu slash solid solidground for details by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future, and by Midland Engineering Company. I'm Darren Pritchett. It's a game week for the Fighting Irish. You can hear Notre Dame and Navy right here on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage starts at 9 a.m. Kickoff at 2:30. The official Notre Dame football post-game show after the game. Here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter Question of the Day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: 6 o'clock at WSBT South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett. Twitter slash X question of the day. From Friday, we asked you to vote on this on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. On Friday, I asked you, it's time for final predictions on the Notre Dame football regular season record for 2023. I gave you four choices. 12-0, 11-1, 10-2, or 9-3, or worse. Here are the results. Coming in fourth place you feel like the least likely record of the Irish of these four choices is undefeated, 12-0, 15.2% believe the Irish will run the table, which means beating Ohio State at home, beating USC at home, winning at Clemson, and not stumbling against the other nine opponents on the schedule. We had a tie for second place. 22.2% 22.2% said 11 and 1, another 22.2% went 9 and 3 or worse. I was stuck on 9 and 3 from the end of last year up until last week when I finally went a different direction. I went from 9 and 3 to 10 and 2. And personally, I think 11 and 1 is more likely than 8 and 4. So, 11-1, 9-3 or worse, second in our balloting. Winning the vote, not a majority, but 40.4% believe, like I do, that the Fighting Irish will go 10-2 during the regular season, which probably puts them in a New Year's Six bowl game. We thank you for voting. Always greatly appreciate your time and your opinion. Now let's go to today's question. It was posted earlier today at 960 Beat on Twitter slash X. Which of these two yearly Notre Dame opponents would you prefer the Irish not play every year? Now you're not going to take USC up the schedule. I know they play each other every year. But what about the other two, Navy, Stanford, which of those two would you prefer the Irish not play every year? Is it the Midshipman or the Cardinal? And you know what? This answer could change in the next four or five years if Stanford is kind of in the black hole of college football without a conference. Now, I assume they're going to latch on somewhere. Mountain West, ACC, somewhere they're going to find a new home. But if they're in the Mountain West, do you want to play Stanford every year? So that could change your answer. But as of right now, of these two yearly Notre Dame opponents, who would you prefer the Irish not play every year? Navy, Stanford. We love your vote. If you'd like to reply to my post on Twitter and give a reason for your answer, would love to have that as well. Just log into Twitter slash X and find my Twitter account at 960 SportsBeat its 6:03. we We've got a sports update coming up in just a moment. And then we'll take a tour around college football. Some headlines from today, including Ryan Day, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. They'll be in South Bend in a month and two days. Who will play quarterback against the Irish? Right now the question is, who's the starter for game one? You'll hear from Ryan Day coming up. And Jim Harbaugh sitting games once again. All the details on the way when we get Sports Beat rolling once again on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams.
4: Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gabble. 20.
1: Spectacular run! Here's the fake, Meyer looking, Meyer finding the other tight end, Herb Smith, touchdown! Five fire, rocket, touchdown, Irish! Here's your host, Darren Preachett.
2: 615 and WSBT Radio, great to have you with me on this Monday evening as we get a game week started for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Again, 2.30 kickoff on Saturday. Hear the game right here on WSBT Radio. Paul Burmeister and Ryan Harris on the call. Our pregame coverage starts at 9 a.m. and our coverage ends with the official Notre Dame football postgame show, which begins as soon as that ball game gets done across the pond. How about some news and notes surrounding college football? We will start here in South Bend. As Marcus Freeman met the media today and the head coach of the Fighting Irish revealed his starting offensive line. If you were tuned into Notre Dame football going into fall camp and then took a snooze, you might be surprised by the starting guards. Well, no surprise. Your benchmark tackles are ready to go. Joe Ald at left tackle and Blake Fisher at right tackle. Zeke Carrell suffered an ankle injury in practice last week. They were very cautious with him. The expectation was they would push him on the practice field today. And the expectation is that Correll would start against Navy on Saturday. But now to the guards at left guard. It sure seemed like Billy Shrouth was the leader coming into fall camp, but he was unseated by Pat Coogan. Coogan will start at left guard. And at right guard, going into the fall, it seemed like Christophic had the advantage. No longer. It is Rocco Spindler, his long-awaited ascend to a starting spot is here. And Spindler is scheduled to start at right guard for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So it will be from left to right, Alt, Coogan, Carell, Spindler, and Fisher. Injury update from Coach Freeman today. I mentioned Correll already. Let's move along to two guys that were injured during fall camp, suffering ACL injuries. Tight end Kevin Bauman, defensive lineman Aiden Gobira. Both had successful ACL surgery. Both have begun the rehab process. A backup offensive lineman, Michael Carmody. Suffered a hand injury in practice last week. Apparently he fell on it in practice, had to have surgery, but he will make the trip across the pond for the matchup against Navy on Saturday. Otherwise the Irish look in pretty good shape going into game number one. Now we do want to look ahead. Navy is game one, Tennessee State. Is game number two, you got a trip to North Carolina State, Central Michigan comes to Notre Dame Stadium. But we're not players, we're not coaches. You are fans, I'm a media member, we can dance around the schedule all we want and not get in trouble. And come on, that Ohio State game, September 23rd is juicy. It catches your eye as soon as you look at the schedule. So, yeah, we got a ways to go. And the Irish have to win all those games leading up to Ohio State to really give that game the full impact. So, a lot of work to be done. But, again, we can look ahead a little bit. So, who's going to start at quarterback for the Buckeyes against the Irish? Heck, who's going to start game number one for Ohio State? The incumbent appeared to be Kyle McCord. The backup to last year's starter, C.J. Stroud. McCord has some game experience. McCord from the class of 2021. ESPN had him ranked 31 overall. In his career, McCord is 41 of 58, throwing the football for the Buckeyes for 606 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Last year, 16 of 20, throwing the football with a touchdown. Then you've got Devin Brown competing with McCord for that starting job at Ohio State. He's a part of Ohio State's Class of 2022, player number 81 overall, according to ESPN. So McCord has the experience, Brown, an intriguing player on the rise in Columbus. Well, Ryan Day kicked off his game week talking to the Buckeye media earlier today. And no surprise whatsoever, question number one. Was who's going to start at quarterback for you? Is it going to be Kyle McCord or is it going to be Devin Brown? Here is Ohio State head coach Ryan Day on that quarterback process. So both graded out
4: champions in the last scrimmage. Uh, both have gotten better. Uh, but but to this point right now, I mean, um, as honestly as I could say it, you know, they there's not one that have won the job. There's not one that's lost the job. Uh, there's been times over this camp where I felt like uh, one was going to take over and the other one came back. It was like a horse race and they just kept pulling, pulling away and then the other one would catch up. Um, I think first off that our staff feels confident with both of them, which is exciting. Uh, I think this is two good players getting after it. I think they're making each other better. Um, we've got them more reps than I think we have anybody else in, in the camps. any of the camps that I've been here. So, you know, the two fields helped us having uh, 120 guys. Able to practice was was big, Um, you know. I asked the staff uh, this weekend after the scrimmage. You know, I just took a a straw poll, and it was it was almost split right down the middle. Um, So, what does that mean? Well, I think that uh, it's going to continue to to go on this week, Um, you know, and we'll go from there. Right? Is there a chance that both of them can play in the first game? I think the answer is yes. That's a chance, but we're going to keep working. We got we don't have to make that decision right now. but I can tell you that, that I am pleased with their progress. And um, you know our staff feels strong with both of them playing. Um, you know Where it goes, we'll keep putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Uh, Ryan, when it comes to
0: choosing a quarterback, you mentioned talking to the staff. How much weight does the defensive staff's thoughts on having to defend somebody away?
4: A little bit. But uh, I, I like to get their, their feedback on what they see every day, for sure. And that's why I did that. Um, same thing on offense. I like to know. What the O-line coach thinks of the quarterbacks, I like to know what the special teams coach sees. You know, you just—it's good to get a, a consensus of of that. But ultimately, you know, it'll be my decision. Ryan, you,
1: you emphasize that you're comfortable with both, but obviously, the longer this goes on, the more perception is that that maybe one guy isn't. I know Dave asked you last week if you believe in the adage of two quarterbacks, you don't have one. How, how do you, if you do have to handle this, how do you handle it with, with both guys?
4: Well, I, you know, there's been situations in the past where you have the two really good quarterbacks uh, on the roster, and, and you know, these things have them have a way of working themselves out. Now, when, uh, but but I can't sit here and honestly say. And I, I met with the quarterbacks, and um, they they agreed. You know, you, there's, there's not one that's that much further ahead, but they both graded out champions in the, in the scrimmage. They're both playing very well, so that that's really good, and we have confidence in them. So. Um, We've talked about this before. You don't know until you get into the game what exactly you have. And practice is good. Practice gives us a a snapshot of what you're going to see in a game. But once you start getting tackled and you're in the situations and you're live, that's that's a whole other thing. So um, we'll just keep trying to figure it out one day at a time. But but I've been in situations, not very many, where you, you don't have a quarterback. And it's like that's not a good feeling. We're going to have a quarterback, and you know we may have two. Um, and if they deserve to play, they're going to play.
2: Wasn't Joe Burrow like third or fourth string at one point at Ohio State before moving on and winning a national championship at LSU? Now, I'm not saying that Ohio State has that caliber of quarterbacks battling at the top, but it sure seems like Dave feels pretty confident in those two. Now, in case you're wondering, who do the Buckeyes have before coming to South Bend. Well, the Buckeyes start on the road with a Big Ten conference game. They go down to Bloomington to play, you know who, Indiana, the Indiana Ball Club. The Hoosiers and the Buckeyes play Saturday, September 2nd at 3.30 in week number two. Not a stern test for the Buckeyes at the Horseshoe. As September 9th, they will take on Youngstown State. And then the week before, the Buckeyes come to South Bend. September 16th, a 4 o'clock kick. Ohio State takes on the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. Then it's Ohio State and Notre Dame September 23rd at 7.30. So day has... A few games to play with before he takes on the Fighting Irish in South Bend. You might see McCord and Brown both against Indiana and Youngstown State in Western Kentucky. Maybe he plays two against Notre Dame. Boy, I would not want to do that. I'm not a fan of that unless you just have to. If you have two different style quarterbacks, eh, yeah, don't love it but understand it. I would imagine by Notre Dame. You want one guy. It still feels like McCord might get the first opportunity as the older player, but the fact that Brown is right there with him having never thrown a pass at the collegiate level makes you wonder maybe Brown can knock off McCord as the team's starting quarterback. But that's where the Buckeyes stand as of right now. They're still competing, and we might see both and a week and a half against Indiana down in Bloomington. Also today, Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan head football coach, back in the headlines. The Michigan site on rivals had this first, but the anticipation is that Jim Harbaugh will not coach the first three games for the Wolverines this year. Now, a couple of weeks ago, There was speculation that Michigan and the NCAA would agree upon a four-game suspension to start this year. But for whatever reason, that deal vanished. And now the Michigan Rivals website is reporting that it will be Michigan self-imposing a three-game suspension for their head football coach. And it all stems back... So basically, there were some violations that occurred during COVID. There was talk about hamburgers that were bought. The NCAA came out in a statement, what was it, last week, the week before, saying this is more than just hamburgers. It comes down to some COVID violations. And so now, according to rivals, Harbaugh will sit the first three games, which means he will not coach. When the Maize and Blue take on East Carolina, UNLV, and the Falcons of Bowling Green, this would also mean the return of Jim Harbaugh to the sideline, September 23rd at the Big House, Big Ten opener against the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. So we may not see Harbaugh for a little bit, but I think Michigan's gonna be just fine in those first three football games. It's amazing to read the speculation that J.J. McCarthy might be in line not only for the Heisman, but he might be a player that could unseat Caleb Williams as the first quarterback taken in the draft. The kid that had Notre Dame memorabilia hanging in his bedroom, that J.J. McCarthy. Irish got Tyler Buckner in that class. Michigan. As J.J. McCarthy, and he led them to the playoffs last year. But it sounds like corner rivals, Harbaugh will sit now the first three games, self-imposed by Michigan, out for East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Those are some headlines from around college football. Who are the five most likely Notre Dame players who had the best chance to earn a game ball against Navy? My list is coming up next. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: Darren Pritchett back with you on WSBT Radio. 6.36 is your time on this Monday. And our My5 today, who are the five most likely Notre Dame players who might earn a game ball against Navy on Saturday? Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Let's start with the guy that wears number seven for the Fighting Irish offense, running back Audrick Estime. Now, how many running backs are going to play on Saturday? Your guess is as good as mine. If you say two, I'm going to say I'll take the over definitely. Three, four, heck, five running backs might play in this game. But Estime is going to get a majority of the touches, you would assume, coming out of the backfield. Now, Navy had one of the best run defenses in the country last year. Notre Dame couldn't run it against them. But last year's team had a quarterback that didn't scare Navy. I would assume this year's starting quarterback for the Irish catches the attention of the Navy coaches. So you can't just hone in on the Irish running game. Got to be careful because you've got a guy that is not afraid to throw the deep ball and he throws it accurately in Sam Hartman. I think Notre Dame wants to run the football in this game. But if Navy early on tries to take that away, you know what? Hartman might beat him a couple of times, which is going to loosen up that defense, and that's when Estime can do some damage. So I think Audric can have a nice game. It's hard to put a number on rushing yards in this game because we just aren't sure how often Coach – is going to rotate the running backs. I want to say Estime 75 yards in this game. If he gets more carries, could top that. If it's a running back by committee, he may not get that. I'm just going to guess 75, and we'll see what happens from there. But I think Estime has a chance to be the guy in this game. And, and again, I wonder, Jadarian Price coming off the Achilles, if it is rainy – And wet, if the field is not in, I don't want to say bad shape, but if it's soft, do we see less of price coming off that Achilles? Now, I just looked up the Weather Channel for Dublin, Ireland on Saturday. The forecast, overcast with rain showers at times. Chance of rain 60%, high of 64, winds out of the northwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Now they're playing in Dublin. Are they, I'm just going to assume, I don't know about soccer, but I'm just going to guess they don't have tarps. Maybe one is brought in for this game. I have no clue, but that could affect the footing in this game. and again might affect how much price gets a chance in this matchup. Four. Another player has a chance to get a game ball on Saturday is wide receiver Jaden Thomas. Thomas, my best guess to be the number 1 wide receiver, top target for Sam Hartman this year. Thomas last year against the Midshipman, with Drew Pine throwing to him, three catches. 80 yards, and a touchdown. If I have to pin my hopes on a wide receiver in this game for Notre Dame and a guy that could get a game ball, I'm going to go with JT, Jaden Thomas.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, Number three.
2: Sometimes it's difficult picking the right defensive player to get a game ball against a triple option attack. Notre Dame, like a lot of schools, moves around personnel. you just don't know who exactly is going to be in that prime position to make a lot of plays. I'll take a stab at it with the next two. At number three, I'm going to go with Xavier Watts. Now Watts last year against Navy led the team in tackles with eight. Seven of the eight tackles were solos. He also had a tackle for loss. I would guess, and I am guessing, he might play a little closer to the line of scrimmage than his safety spot that you would normally see it against a spread offense. So I think he's closer to the line of scrimmage. Has shown to be a good tackler. Played well against Navy last year. Let's take a shot with Xavier Watts. Number two. Another player who might get a game ball. How about Jack Kaiser? Kaiser eight tackles last year against the midshipmen. He had four solo tackles. And if Navy's going to throw the football a little more this year, or if they fall behind and they have to throw a little more than they want to, I'm going to say Kaiser has an outside chance of picking up a sack in this game. I think Kaiser is going to be an under-the-radar pass rusher for this football team. I think he's got the ability to come around the corner and cause some quarterbacks some headaches this year. So let's go Jack Kaiser as another player that has a chance to get a game ball. On Saturday, number one, got to go with the new guy. Going back to the thought, Navy stopped the Notre Dame run game last year. But that was Drew Pine at quarterback. Now a guy with 111 touchdown passes is going to be behind center in the shotgun for the Irish, Sam Hartman. That will change things with what Navy wants to do defensively. Now, if they want to try to take away the run game, then Sam Hartman's going to get a game ball because he's going to hurt that midshipman secondary. And if you're going to bring an extra hat down in the box, I say good luck. Notre Dame's got a number 10 this year who's going to hurt you. So I think Sam in that first game, I think the play action pass could be a big, big plus for the Irish in this ball game. Sam may not put up 300, 350 yards, but he's going to make such a difference in this game with the threat of throwing the football. It's going to help Estime on the rushing attack. And I think this is going to be a nice balance attack for Notre Dame against the midshipmen. So my five best guesses for game balls on Saturday from 5 to 1, Estime, Thomas, Watts, Kaiser, and Hartman. That's the My 5 for today. It is 6.43. Beat tonight brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, by Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies, the Mishawaka Education Foundation, and Midland Engineering Company, all on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. <laughs>
0: We go with We with It is
3: 648
2: on your home of the fighting Irish, sports radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Let's get to our sports wagering segment. We Hardly had this segment last week due to the show being shortened because of early South Bend Cub baseball start times. But this week we're back to normal. The Cubs are off today and then they are home Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we'll be done at right around... 645 here on WSBT radio the rest of the week. So we can get into some sports wagering talk college football starting this week and including the fighting Irish. But tonight we have four baseball suggestions for you. So let's go ahead and get started with the first of four. The first of four suggestions just got underway a couple of moments ago up in Detroit, Comerica park. It is the Chicago Cubs taking on The Detroit Tigers. Javier Assad, the former South Bend Cub pitcher who has replaced Drew Smiley in the rotation. He gets the call tonight against Alex Fiedo of the Tigers. Now the Cubs are the road favorite at minus 122. And I'm backing the Cubbies in this contest. Let's go Cubs on the money line at Detroit at minus 122. You bet 10 to win 18-19, 18-19, one of the big reasons why I'm going with the Cubs, Tiger starter Alex Fajardo has given up three runs or more in four of his last six starts. Considering the success of the Cubs offense since the All-Star break, I think this is a good spot for the Cubs. So let's go with the road favorite, the Siders at Detroit. And right now the game is scoreless in the bottom of the first inning. I got to go A's Royals. I got to make a pick here. Arguably the two worst teams in baseball squaring off in Oakland tonight. And I'm going with the Oakland A's on the money line against Kansas City at minus 130. Put down 10 bucks to win 1769. Saw Paul Blackburn pitch for Oakland against St. Louis. Recently, And Blackburn actually is really good, a good, solid pitcher on a horrible baseball team. You probably don't know about him because no one follows the Oakland A's right now. But Blackburn is a very, very good starting pitcher, so I'm backing the A's at home on the money line against Kansas City, and the A's have played a little better recently. And the Royals have as well, but I'll go Oakland. Why not? Also tonight from the desert, It's the Texas Rangers right now skidding a tad bit against one of the teams that was in playoff consideration coming out of the all-star break, but they have really fallen off since the trade deadline, the Arizona Diamondbacks. D-backs are at home. They are the home underdogs. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Rangers on the run line tonight, which means Rangers minus one and a half runs. They have to win by two at least to win the wager. We'll take the Rangers minus one and a half runs at plus 102, put down 10 bucks to win $20.20. Jordan Montgomery is the starting pitcher for the Rangers. He has been very, very good since Texas acquired the left-hander. From the St. Louis Cardinals on August the 1st. So, Texas minus one and a half runs at Arizona. And finally, let's sneak in a little football. Let's don't do four major league picks. Let's go with one NFL preseason matchup tonight. It is the Ravens and the Commanders in the nation's capital. Now, why would I touch this game? A, I just want to put down a football wager. Two, there's a heck of a trend. Now, we all know the preseason doesn't mean anything, but the Baltimore Ravens have won 24 consecutive preseason games. 24 in a row. Sounds like John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, has a lot of pride in winning these games and keeping the streak going. So, why would we buck the trend? Let's go for 25 in a row. Just for fun, let's go Ravens on the money line in this preseason game at the Commanders at minus 130. Ten bucks to win, 17-69. If they lose, then the streak is over. But let's ride the wave and go Ravens on the money line as they go for 25 straight preseason wins. So we've got Cubs on the money line at minus 122, A's on the money line at minus 130, Rangers minus one and a half runs at plus 102, Ravens money line at minus 130, and just for the heck of it, you put those four games into a parlay, they're at plus 1050, and if they all hit miraculously, a $10 bet would turn into $115.05. Wouldn't advise it, but just for fun. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you, Barnabys the Family Inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, visit BethelUniversity.edu slash SolidGround for details. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And by Midland Engineering Company. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining me. Normally on Tuesday during the football season. I would be joined by Allison Hayes from ABC 57, but her normal Tuesday time slot, we're not going to have her on Tuesday because she just landed in Dublin, I think, about 20 hours ago. So she's going to be covering that game for ABC 57. Allison's going to check in with us from Dublin on Friday, but no Allison coming up on tomorrow's program. We will talk Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold's Mike Singer. We'll talk to you then. Cubby Corner in a couple of moments, 6.55 at WSBT.